We are rolling. We're rolling. Hey, um, that was a. It's been a couple of weeks since we podcasted, but the last one we did was with Luke Tullock, and we did two parts. Those episodes were fucking sick. IMOP. They were. Yeah, they were lots of fun. <clears throat> I look forward to having him in again. I need to listen back to those, but lots of gems in there. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. He's an all-round nice guy too. He's cool. He's cool, man. He's a man. cool scientist. He ticks the boxes. For and I'm what like, I like that's coming from one of the coolest guys in Sydney. Right. It's been my mission in life to be the coolest. And <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. No, me. <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, no, he was sick. But also just the the what I what I found quite exceptional about the way he spoke was that he could present all of his ideas in a very uh, a very succinct manner. So it was all very easy to understand. He didn't talk in circles. He's just like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Now let's break that down. It's kind of like steps one, two, and three. Whereas well, you can listen to people who have a similar, seemingly similar amount of knowledge, mm. but they just can't organize their, their dialogue in such a manner. And it, it can be hard to follow. Yeah, layman's terms and good analogies. I think that that comes from the fact that he's a working PT and he tries and tests all of his theories. Yes. So when he comes at you with information and when he's fucking calling people out on the podcast, etc., his strong, firm beliefs come from the fact that he's, he's his own experiment a lot of the time. Yeah. It's, and he has his clients, yeah. It's very considered. Yeah. Are we rolling? We're rolling, man. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Bonehead. <laughs> T doesn't talk to us otherwise. All that coffee, bruh. Uh, hey guys, we're at episode 33 today. Um, Patrick Ewing. We wanted to... Was he number 33? Yeah. Oh shit. Um, I've got to go back and look at my upper deck <laughs> card collection, which I'm hoping is going to make me a million bucks one day. Um, we're talking today is about... a baseball player? Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See this haircut? <laughs> this is what he, lo- he looked like. This, but add another eight inches of height. Oh. And he had another a big mouth. What another kind of Buster Rhymes yeah. like mouth is big always teeth, open, big smile, yeah, and um, yeah, another foot or two of vertical leap. We're talking today about our gym and about our programming, and we want to dive into that a little bit. And it's all based on a conversation that I had with a member of ours who has an extensive training history, trained at a bunch of gyms before he came to us. But he he said to me, "Hey, man." It would be really interesting for you guys to talk about the, the adaptability of your program. And he said, well, what I mean by that is I've trained at other gyms and when I've asked questions about the programming, I've often been met with the response, don't question the programming, just do it because it works. Um, the next thing I said was, dude, that's such a fucking great idea. You should jump on the podcast with us. And then he went all red in the face and he's like, absolutely what? no fucking way. It'd be good. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's, a, uh, he's more of an internal type person mm. rather than mm. external, right? But, but mm. I was like, that's cool. But that's a really great topic. Um, and I think for us, being in our business and being in, in this gym, we, we don't necessarily see the significance of how we've come to grow our class program to where it is and how we continue to manage that and evolve it. Uh, but reflecting on it this week... I think it's pretty. I think it is pretty significant, and I think it, it does present a lot of value. And for people out there who are perhaps, uh, well, want to know more about us, but even just want to understand more about class programming or, or 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 training programming, 
or want to coach themselves or set up their own gym, I think that this discussion is going to present a lot of value for them. Very good. <clears throat> Do you want to tell people a little bit about where we are, Joe? Yo, so uh, we're down at Botany, 15 Underwood Avenue in Botany. That's where the gym is. You can find us on Instagram at Jungle Brothers Movement. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Jungle Brothers Strength and Movement, and junglebrothers.com. If you want to get in touch, you can fire us uh, an email through the website. That's all very simple. Um, yeah, we do PT, we do uh, small group stuff. Uh, we run a bunch of different classes. We do accountability work. Oh, we help people with their nutrition oh, and their lifestyle. Yeah. And you don't have to be able to do a handstand to come and train here. Um, we'd actually rather that you, you can't because we'll build you up from the beginning. All levels. All levels, man. All, All levels. levels. That's, we get that from people a lot, right? Like, oh, Main thing. I'm keen to come and join you guys, but I just got to go train at the gym for three months before I come in. And it's like, no, nah, don't do that. You're just going to fuck it up anyway. Just come here now. Uh, yeah, I had a friend of mine say, oh, no, 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 no. Say, oh, when, I, I, I need to get back into some tra- When I can do 20 push-ups, then I'll come <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I'll come and see you. Okay? Yeah. I was like, tw- like 20. where do you get that fucking right? measurement from? But I love that. You know the one I love is people yeah. like 20 push-ups, 20 pull-ups, and then yeah. I'm good. And you're like, hang on. But one push-up does not equal one chin-up. Like yeah. this is, yeah. it's not, you know, they're not equivalent of each other. We're going to go into this. <clears throat> how do you like the coffee? I love the coffee. Love the coffee. coffee Shout plug. out to our boy <laughs> Tree from Panavore. He hooks us up every week and he's done it again. Um, yeah, they use the Mecca beans and he hooks up, fuels every episode of ours. So big love to that guy. And you can buy his coffee here in the gym, in our fridge, cold brew. Uh, it's good. He's a good man too. He's getting strong. We've got five points essentially that we're going to talk around. Um, and I think that the first, they're all very interconnected. Uh, but so the idea is we want to give a bit of a background about how, how we evolve the programming that we offer because if you look at what we do now to what we did when we first started in the park all those years ago, it's very different. Um, however, the values that have shaped our decision making are, I would say, the same for the most part. So should we start with a little bit of an intro about what we actually do here? We've got a bunch of different classes. Should we go into a little bit of what that looks like? Yeah, let's talk about those. T, why don't you kick us off with, with body weight? Tell us, like, you know, try, and keep it, try and keep it brief because there's a lot of fucking classes that we run. Tell us where that's Whoa, at. Oh, I can't promise that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise that. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually going to go back uh, to, to that question. Don't question the programming because it works. Now, it's a very interesting statement and you hear this throughout the industry a lot. And... And, and I, I mean, we hear it in our own gym. Uh, you come back with I someone who goes another fucking, <laughs> you know, workshop with, with some guru somewhere and come back and this is the way. And it's the only way and it's the best way and it works, it works <coughs> for me, it works for me. Don't question it. You know, the, the problem is this is rampant through the industry and you get a coach turns around. You can think about where did that coach get that from? Why did that coach say to, to his client or to his member, don't question the program because it works. Someone's given him that program, told him the same shit, he swallowed it and then he's just regurgitated it to his members. But that's the difference between what we do here and what a lot of other gyms don't. And you need a, a lot of courage to turn around and ask yourself, well, actually, uh, where'd that come from? Uh, why does it work? Uh, who will it work for? Because not everything works for everyone. And how long is it going to work for? For me, how long will it serve me? And then um, 
uh, before, before I no longer need it, before it's no longer serving me. And then how do you apply that across a broad, broad range of individuals from different ages, uh, different training backgrounds, different gene, uh, different goal sets? It's very, it starts to get, uh, get very grey, those areas, you know. And the body weight system, I think, comes off the back of a lot of that to be able to have uh, a class that can cater to a number of different different levels of, athletic, of athleticism, um, serve a, a, a number of different goals. So we look at the, uh, f- the foundation of the human body and then uh, still be able to challenge people indefinitely. And that's generally the basis of, of the system. So it's equivalent to a mastery system that many other uh, disciplines uh, use, including dance or acrobatics or gymnastics or anything like that calisthenics it might not be as structured in sets and reps and specific movement patterns but if you think about it even as a martial artist okay I've got that high kick and now how do I turn that into a jumping high kick and how do I turn that into a spinning jumping high kick like this is a mastery system would you agree yes yeah Yeah. so yeah ours is more formalized ours is more formalized and that's and it's more accessible so we start everybody at the very beginning and they're accessible patterns that almost everybody can can uh, execute and uh, once you're capable of uh, expressing certain amount of sets and reps in that particular pattern then we give you something that's more challenging and those those patterns are all laid out in front of you um, and it will continually challenge you until the day you die the idea of a system like this is to get people to start thinking past the eight to twelve week change to, to the body fat and the muscle composition and think, okay, where do I see my training in six to eight months from now? Where do I see it in five years from now? Where do I see my training 10 years from now? Can I still do the same things I'm doing now, but, but better? Can I do more? Am I capable of doing things I couldn't do before? And once you start asking these questions, then you start realizing, all right, it's not a quick fix. It's something that needs to be part of my, my lifestyle and, and ingrained into my everyday practice then it becomes a discipline you know but that's uh, that's pretty much body weight system there's no weight involved like external weights involved it's all body weight strength all body training. weight strength training there's mobility. a lot of mobility work in, involved there are ver- there's a, a lot of variation within the system but the the mastery the uh, paths stay very consistent and the same and I think that's always been the challenge for us here is to con- continue to stimulate people with, with variety, but keep them from veering from the path of, of rep- repetition to get, because you need that to get, to get good at something, to, get ch- to make change, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that combination has been tricky, but I, I think we're, we're very close to having something that's, that's showing some really good quality results. Yeah, well, it's been a, a process of refinement for a long time. And it's taken a big leap, I would say, in with the, the birth of the bodyweight program, which for those mm-hmm. who have been around the gym for a while, it was a, uh, uh, a the, the marriage of two existing coexisting programs. We had jungle gymnastics and movement prep. Both and we decided to yeah, both body weight, same values, slightly different execution. They evolved at different times. Um, so we ran them for a long time, then it was like, all right, let's put this into one thing. And so like that was the big leap. 
and then now it will continue to refine and move on. I like it. Talk to me about the lift program. Paulie, you're, doing, you're running that right now? Yeah. What, do we do? what, what happens in lift? What do we do? Um, it is primarily barbell. Uh, we use the barbell. It's a great tool to build uh, stability and strength in the body, teach people uh, essential patterns, squatting, pressing overhead, hinging, all those sorts of good things and being able to bear and shift loads and be stable in that way. Um, and it promotes uh, balance in the body, all of those things. And, and then, you know, we're going on to, um, to learn uh, not just strength, but power development and stuff like that as well. Um, so it's all barbell. And, yeah, it's, you know, we have, uh, like, powerlifting elements. And then we have uh, Olympic lifting elements in it. And we kind of mix them depending, like, we phase them in and phase them out. What's the difference between those two things? Uh, there's two, the two sports essentially, powerlifting, um, being the big three, benching, deadlifting and back squatting. Um, and then, uh, Olympic lifting is concerned with the explosive lifts. You got the, the clean and jerk and the snatch. Um, so there is, uh, like a different, different level of skill required for the Olympic lifting. I would say it's, it's a lot harder to learn, um, and the, they, they both support each other um, to if you really get into Olympic lifting, you know, you're going to want to put a lot of time in the skill work, moving, you know, moving the bar around a lot in those sort of pathways. It's, they're kind of different, both very good for, for people here in the gym. One for beginners, just learning the patterns, building strength. And then uh, I love the bar for power development and all the other cool shit that Olympic lifting um, can provide. Um, but glutes. Glutes. Provides glutes. Yeah, glutes. I like it. And, uh, and I really like the bar for, for, for core work. And that's like one thing that I, I realise more and more as I'm into like, you know, so many years of using it now. I was only new to it, you know, so many years ago. Um, but just to build that solid trunk. And I've seen that. I've been able to see that in our classes with some of the members lately. And, yes, yeah, seeing that happen over time made me realise more like just how much of a great tool it is for building that. Because, you know, people isolate the core a lot, but weightlifting is trunk stability. It's 100% in all the lifts. Yes. Um, you so can't really relax. You can't relax, yeah. Um, so that's the program. And in terms of, like, um, it development for people, uh, like looking back at how T was talking about, um, you know, having progressions or regressions. I mean, with the barbell, it's, it's weight is the number one variable that you're, you're trying to shift all the time. So the more weight that you can lift, the more experience you get, the stronger you get, the more weight you're kind of putting on the bar. Um, besides that, there's uh, mobility elements in lifting. The more mobile your, your body is, um, and that's, that's having range or being strong in it, the more efficient your lifts are, and then the more weight you put on the bar. So it's a, it's a really good tool for mobility, not just strength, because it requires good mobility, good patterns to get the numbers up. So it's really cool. People think it's just like getting it heavier, but- There's a quality. There's a quality yeah. that, that, that allows you to lift heavier and stuff like that, so. And I mean, we could say that's true of any anything that we're teaching, right? Yeah. The more mobile, the yep. more coordination, the better quality that movement's yep. gonna yep. be. And that means generally more strength, more power, yes. less energy yep. output. Yeah. Per, you know, per movement or however you measure it, it's, it's, a, 
it's something that it's probably something that we're trying to achieve in all of our classes. Mm, that's right. It's more more efficiency and also less wear and tear on the body. Yes, which I think is the utmost importance. So and that that's, that's an e it's an easy thing to point out for a lot of people training barbell work. <clears throat> they're putting a lot of wear and tear on their body because they move like shit. Yeah. So it's it's really important to to bring it back to that technique piece and the mobility piece. Yes. Before you go to the intensity piece. Yeah, that's right. That's a the cool uh, comparison there with with that the probably some listeners don't quite maybe get here. Uh, lift program, body weight program. One is dealing with an external object. One is dealing with controlling your body. Both are building strength. Um, the when you're dealing with your body, you can't change the weight of your body. So the only way to regress or progress a movement is generally to change the variation of the movement. So that's why we have a mastery system with different exercises mm. that are all headed in the same direction mm. or the, they're all themed in the same way. With lift, for the most part, you can just make the bar lighter or heavier. So, you know, with the exception of movements that require a huge amount of mobility, for most barbell work, you can just get a newer person to do the same lift as the experienced person, only it's going to be lighter yep. Yep. comparatively for them. Yep. And so in that way, it's very simple to, you know, as a, as a discipline for us to coach. And uh, yeah, I, th I think it's, um, I, I like that simplicity of, of lift. I'd say it's, it's the simplest patterns in the gym, uh, not necessarily the, the Olympic lifts, but the power lifts. Uh, you can get, you can delve really deep into them. And I know that there's, you know, fucking two year courses on a, deadlift <laughs> yeah but uh the other thing to mention is that these training models they they complement each other so talking about building that that strong torso mm. uh you can do that in the body weight system and then apply or translate that strength into the barbell and and vice versa the the benefits you get from working with a barbell will translate into you being able to shift your body around better as well so so yeah to I think uh, the, one of the most important uh, factors is, is that the, the, the mix of, of these classes that we, that we apply in the gym work well together. Yes. Let's, let's come back to that in a sec. I mean, that's, uh, that's 20 minutes for us to have broken down <laughs> two, two programs. Maybe uh, we continue on this path, but yeah. let's, let's, let's shorten it up a bit. What strength else? The we, movement? Strength and movement. Strength so, movement. Yep. so strength and movement was the, the first class we ran and... We gave it that name because it was like, oh, cool. That sounds like a coverall kind of class and we can do everything we want to do in that class. We can lift a bit of weight. We can do some strength training, a bit of body weight stuff, a bit of movement-based work, and then we can get a sweat up at the end. Um, so what that has evolved into now, being that it is certainly no longer the only class we have, it, it has two parts. After a warm-up, it goes into a, a superset or a couplet of one movement-based element, which always involves strength and always involves mobility, but generally you could say is, is, is challenging from a coordination perspective. And then it would have one strength element. And that strength element, in the name of ver uh, variety, we try to keep it different from what's happening in body weight and different from what's happening in lift. So it might be something with a kettlebell. It might be something that is a little bit less, uh, something that's perhaps not in our mastery system, uh, but more of a body weight piece. It might be some locomotive work, so some crawl patterns or something like that. Uh, and that'll be the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of the class. And then we'll finish with some conditioning. And the conditioning work for us, we keep quite simple. Metabolic conditioning, energy system development, call it what you will. 
the idea is to increase the uh, a person's work capacity. So <clears throat> we're doing high volume work for the most part, which means a lot of repetitions, 12 plus. We're doing uh, light to moderate loads, so it's not super heavy, and we have little to no rest periods. And so that might be a 10-minute AMRAP, it might be five rounds, it might be a 25-minute thing. On Saturdays, it's a monster, you know, 35-minute thing sometimes. But the idea is there is that people have to move and they have to keep going and they're going to get a sweat on and they're going to get open up the lungs, um, which is where fitness, fitness, if we talk about that, work capacity for us is not everything, but it is a thing. And we believe that people should move well, they should be strong, and they should also be able to, to work at a high intensity when needed. Um, I think that's a nice, well-rounded thing for, for a human to have in their physicality. Yeah, keeps them youthful. Keeps youthful. And, you, you, know, you know, you don't want to be the, you don't you don't be be the strong mobile guy yeah. that then, like, yeah. you get out in the soccer pitch or <laughs> you're going to wrestle with someone and you gas <laughs> out after ski. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know. On the dance yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Energy systems are everywhere, guys. It gives us sparring partners. Yeah. Well, that's true, that's true right? <laughs> Take it into Fight Factory. Tell me what we're working on there. Yeah. Right, we're ass-kicking. This is where we are. Uh, where we take uh, all of that strength and that conditioning work and uh, we give it a practical application. And that's generally like kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, yeah. Well, it's, just, it's a self-defense, so all, all of the, our striking is <laughs> based like on the Muay Thai. Self-defense. And, <laughs> and we box as well. And we, do, we, yeah. we always add a little bit of flair in here and there. But generally... When attackers a, coming at you, we want you to... Kick him in the groin, then elbow him repeatedly fuck in the head, yeah. then fuck him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think this is where, where our because we're, I mean, we're predominantly a movement gym. Like, and I've said, I've got little, what are they called? Air quotes, quotation, quotation marks. marks gone. Air ones, though. And there's, there are Thick a fingers. bunch of movement gyms in in uh, Sydney that do the Ido Patel method and the. Uh, gymnastic strength training and all that kind of stuff and we're we're in that category like uh we're considered in that category but i think this is where we differentiate ourselves from other movement gyms is that we can bash them. we can beat the fuck out of any fucking <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> any fucking handstand yeah, yeah, yeah. any fucking cartwheel guy yeah. i'll kick the shit out of him <laughs> so, <laughs> at the end of the day this is where pl- practical application of movement comes in to be honest it's oh, true and if you can't kick the shit out of them like let's say they do have big taekwondo or something they tap them out yeah choke go to them. the ground <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's Fight Factory, it's great class. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Do a bit of pad work. And then uh, we've started sparring every Thursday now. And uh, that's been going for six months, officially. We've always Maybe been more. sparring together outside of class, but now we have a sparring class. We had our first tournament, JB Games, where we had six competitors within the gym fighting each other, all beginner, novice level. And... Uh, it was fucking fantastic. It was so cool. It was the proudest moment I've had for since my kids did something really awesome. Since yesterday. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. These people, a lot of the people that were sparring or were competing in that tournament are not fighters. Like they've, they've, no. they've, their first exposure to fight training was here at the gym. And it started with hitting pads and doing yeah. it and then, you know, merging into that, which is like <clears throat> ultra cool. Yeah. 
It's been very exciting. And, you know, we've got mums in there that were fighting and yep. you know, it was great. Yeah. So the, that, again, is another, another level of evolution that's happening within our class and I can't see that... Um, the numbers are keep are keep growing. It was it started with just three people sparring every second or third week, and now you know it's averaging between six to ten people. There's more people sparring than there are doing pads yes. on the Thursday, and eventually there will be another sparring class. And before we know it, I know some of the younger guys are talking about their first fight, and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. You consider Polly one of the younger guys? Yeah, no, no, there's <laughs> other younger guys. <laughs> <laughs> So his haircut I got. <laughs> Shave for five years. But yeah, we uh we run the Fight Factory three times a week, uh, and <clears> um it's a it's a really popular class. It's not one of our, it doesn't have a huge amount of time on the timetable, but it's always full. Yeah, and it'll make you fit, right? Yeah, really fucking fit, and coordinated. Yeah, and be able to kick someone's ass. Grappling. Grappling, jiu-jitsu program. Jiu-jitsu. Um, same kind of thing, right? It's just another, another style of combat. It's, it's a, a very specialised form of combat. I would say there's, there's definitely self-defence elements in there, but the, it, that is not the focus of it. Really, it's a, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fucking fun way to train. I think that's what jiu-jitsu comes back to. It's like this giant game of chess... And you never really learn, you never really master, you never really learn how to play it. It makes you really strong, it makes you coordinated, um, but it also, you know, in, 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 a, in the same way that any kind of combat does, it forces you to go inside and become a bit introspective because you get put under huge amounts of pressure. Um, and I think the nature of, of it being a, a grappling style, so there's no striking in it, um, there's a lot of squeezing and compression and people trying to choke your neck and pull on your shoulder, like, you know, trying to rip your joints apart, all this stuff that sounds really brutal. Really selling it. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys, <laughs> but. come down and give it a, cl- give it a try. <laughs> yeah. You're going to love it. Um, no, but that's the idea, right? It, it, and it's, but when you come out of it all, it's like you feel so good. You feel so excited. Um, mm. And that's the, that's the bug that people get bitten with. And we've same thing. It's grown in our gym from a bunch of people that have never given it a try. They, they come and do a class. We nurture new people, make sure that they, you know, are doing it in a safe way and learning the concepts and the techniques. And before you know it, they're like, man, this is so much fun. And it again, like Fight Factory, is just another expression of using the tools they develop in the other classes. So, you know, if you train strength and mobility and whatever just for that, that's fine. But you can also take that stuff and apply it to something like Mm. that that's way more dynamic, way more variable, um, and can ultimately be much more rewarding, I think. And I think uh, a good example of that is how many, how many females in our gym, how many women there are uh, that have gravitated to the jiu-jitsu, and I don't think I've seen... Uh, I haven't been to a lot of jiu-jitsu clubs. I've been a few, enough to know that there's usually only one or two girls on the mat. Um, Definitely the minority, generally. Yeah, and it's not that way in our gym. We have so many strong girls here, and they just really take to it yeah it's such a good and and it is a form of self-defense but it's also really empowering to know that you can you can handle yourself with somebody who's bigger than stronger than you that's generally what this what the the style is is designed around yeah tell us a bit more about that yeah totally the yeah it's designed around a smaller less athletic person being able to overcome a larger more athletic person through the use of timing leverage and position 
Um, so yeah, most definitely. That's Joe how, versus me, basically. Right? Yeah. That's how you can, <laughs> you know, you'll hear stories of people who go to like their first jiu-jitsu class and they'll roll with some girl that, you know, has been there for six months or whatever and she'll be 20 kilos lighter and she'll kick the dude's ass. And totally. it's like this. And, you, you know, you, you're, you'll, there's no, I don't think there's any real kind of combat art where you will be so, where it's so clear to you the uh, the gap in yeah. the skill there mm. and like, fuck, I would have just lost this fight. You know, it's based on certain parameters, mm. right? We're not punching each other in the head. Um, but well, you yeah. wouldn't just lose, you would be like dead really. Yeah, you would, that's right. Like a choke and yeah. that's, you're dead. Or you, you, you would out. have like an armless torso. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would be, it'd be, it's a pretty bad way to go out. Mm. So yeah, super cool. Uh, what we've, are the programs? Well, we've got some exciting news about our jiu-jitsu... Um, Please. program yeah we do Maybe we've got you, some big news you can you can talk us through that well okay our jiu-jitsu program started as a as a grappling thing it was it was essentially uh no gi which is meaning we don't wear the traditional kimono or uniform of jiu-jitsu we just wear uh like a rash guard and shorts and that changes the game slightly uh but we like that because it kind of fit more with with people who were doing the other classes you could just slot into a, a grappling class anyway we want to grow the jiu-jitsu program and so we've made the decision to switch to the gi and that doesn't mean all the classes will that will no longer do any no gi but we'll do a mix of both but we're going to be wearing the uniform people are going to be wearing belts we're going to have all that going on but the bigger news is that we are constructing a new area in the gym exclusively for jiu-jitsu training and so we're going to have not immediately, but in the coming months, we are, we, we're looking to have a full week schedule of jiu-jitsu classes on offer. Uh, we're going to have a mezzanine in the gym where this is going to take place. Full schedule. Full schedule. Morning, lunch times, evenings, kids program. Uh, fucking... A whole lot. Yeah, take belt, as much of it as you system. want. Belt we're, system. We're going to be... We've got, we've got a black belt. We've got Dave. We've got Joe's, our brown belt. So two exceptionally good coaches. Uh, that are capable of grading. Is yes. Is that right? Not me, but Dave, Dave yes. Is, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And that's and that comes along exactly as you said, with the gi, with the kimono. Um, you wear the belts, you're then eligible to be graded as you as you progress and as you show certain qualities that, that a coach wants to see, which is a really nice little um, it's a sweetener on the whole thing. You know, it shouldn't be the driver of it all, but it is a nice little side thing. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fucking exciting. Comps? Yes. I mean, we've already had members compete in comps, right? Yeah. Johnny, Andrew, Tony, uh, people want to do it. So I, I guess what we so noticed, exciting. yeah, we, we realized that the, the jujitsu thing, it really, there is a bug that happens there. And when you get into it, you want to kind of do it a lot. Um, and so we want to be able to offer it for people who want to do it a lot and, What's great about it is that they can do that, but then they can also duck downstairs once or twice a week and do a lift class or do a, a stretch class. So instead of just training that one thing, which generally will take a toll on the body, uh, they now are under one roof where they can access everything they need to do the thing they love and maintain their body for years to come so that they don't have to sit on the sidelines because of injury. Mm, and get stronger, get more rangy, yeah. get more explosive. Yeah, develop. Just, yeah become better on the mats because of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking excited about it. It's big news. Uh, we got our boy Derek constructing the mezzanine for us. Yeah. So for the members out there who are listening, you guys are going to see some changes in the gym. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shift the vibe. It's going to be another step in our evolution. 
So, um, yeah, we look forward to that going down. Yeah, we're literally building a second story within our, our warehouse. Yes. And it'll have uh, a, a fencing across the front of it. And as you walk in the gym, you'll be able to look up and you'll see all the action taking place upstairs. Uh, and then downstairs, there'll be uh, other classes running at the same time. So cool. There's going to be a lot of movement in here. Yeah, I, fucking I. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be mad. I can't talk. I'm All just new. Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone's um, face squashed <clears throat> up against the fence. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And kill. That. Kill. <laughs> kill. <laughs> Not like that, guys. No, no, Relax. No. Fuck. The, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, I think the goal as well is to, which we haven't got already, is to pad the walls. Um, yes. And when we talk about evolution of the gym and I think we're going to speak more about, you know, where we get inspiration from and trying to bring new movements and new aspects to training. Um, I mean, if you just think about grappling on a wall and wrestling against a wall, if, if you've done any of that, bef- like any jiu-jitsu before, and then you think, have I ever done it against a wall? It's a different element mm. to, be, to be grappling against the wall and, and being in a stand-up grapple. And for me, that's so exciting because I've done fuck all of it. And I really want to be up against the wall being pushed and, and learn a bit of that, that wall game. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it leads to the, the and there'll MMA be, and there'll stuff be MMA like that. Here. There'll be MMA. So it's the only, it's the only I mean, how can you not? Isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's going to be yeah. it's too, much, too much fun not to. Yeah, it's definitely cool. And even if you don't do, uh, you know, it's not something that you want to do in the gym. I think just the wall alone excites me enough. Just having a padded wall yeah. and, and, and like all the games that you can play there. Like I've done a little bit and it's mm. it's super exciting and I'm like, holy crap, I don't know a lot here. So if mm. that sounds a bit abstract for folks, that's just the if you think about MMA fighting in an octagon or in a cage, uh, the, the the cage walls are used strategically mm. to attack or to defend. And so um, it looks like they're doing nothing and it's easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And but it's, it's it's not so deliberate it's, and, and it's technical. Yeah, very yeah. technical. It's I remember we used to do a bit when I did some training with, uh, with Appet Gracie, with Rob Whitaker and the guys, yeah. and we'd do drills on the wall, and I felt lost. It was so fucking, like you'd be yeah. driving up against the wall, you got someone trapped, and then next thing, they've got you against the wall and they're taking you down. You're like, fuck, how did that, how did that just, just happen? happen? Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. but it is, it's a real art, and mm-hmm. I think that'll be, that'll be a cool thing to have. So yeah, big news coming there. I guess um, the, uh, the other classes we have, stretch, hand mm-hmm. balancing, do we feel the need to break those down, or we've kind of... Stretch, uh, stretch is a good one to go into. Uh, we do a lot of partner work in stretch. Uh, this is something that I think we do differently to a lot of other gyms, and the tactile uh, feedback. But now we're doing a lot of, lot of pressure point work as well. Big holds. Uh, because there's so much mobility in our other classes now, like active mobility, we can start uh, exploring the, the passive stuff. And I think... Uh, a lot of there's, there's the evidence behind passive stretching. Uh, if you there's a lot of papers out there that say, oh, it's not good for you, it's not good for that. But one thing it's really good for is just your fucking headspace, like bringing you into the moment and hanging out in a stretch with someone uh, that you trust and know, another gym member, nice lighting, cool music. It's a really good way to just fucking downregulate. So I and I th- I have feeling that well, it seems like, and I know with Aaron's stretch class. It's starting to delve into some meditation and a lot of the mindsetting stuff. So there's definitely a, a, an evolutionary path happening uh, in that area, just organically, and uh, that'll start to become more official as well. I think, I do believe. 
Yes. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they mesh well together, don't they? Yeah. Those areas. And your, I mean, your Tuesday night stretch class, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm never here for it, but everyone always talks about the lights are down. The music is deep, yeah, and it's like a, it's it's kind of like a, it's like a little, it's like a, a nice warm yoga studio, not that warm in winter, but it's but it, the the vibe is 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 down, yeah, you know, and that's what people come for. They love it. They go home feeling relaxed, yeah, have a good sleep. It's the Great. chill tent. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. Yeah. The um, oh, you go. No, I was just going to say, hand balancing is self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And we we include that hand balancing in body weight program as well. But we just have one class a week where uh, folks can come in and just work on that. And that's with Marco, and it's very specialised. And that's that's a great session for people that just want to dive deeper into that modality. And you get to watch Marco doing handstands. You get to see Marco. Very impressive. It is. It yep. is. He's easy on the eyes, the young yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, let's wrap that up for folks in terms of our... We obviously, off the back of that conversation, there's a fuckload going on. But if we boil down what it is that we define the Jungle Brothers methodology as, it's fight, lift, move. And we believe that those three areas um, give categories for our classes to fit into, obviously. But also those three areas allow us to develop one's physicality in a very well-rounded and robust manner. So we're interested in making people who are skillful, strong, mobile. Uh, we want them to be robust, meaning they can navigate through this life with minimal injury, but also having the confidence to be able to explore and push their boundaries and try new things. Um, a bit of fight work, a bit of lifting work, a bit of movement work kind of gives people these options because they're not going too far down any one particular avenue. Yeah, I agree. You don't become too specialised. You can look at something and think, oh, okay, I'm not necessarily going to be the best at it, but I can have a go at that without hurting myself, which uh, I think even... Uh, it doesn't, uh, what, what spe- doesn't matter what special specialisation you're at. If you're too specialised in one thing, there's always going to be something that, that frightens you, you know? Yes. Like See, the I- dance floor for bodybuilder. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It'd be pretty intimidating. But yeah, I guess to give people a very practical understanding of that, it's like um, uh, you think of if you have, let's say, a lifetime of bodybuilding training uh, under your belt, hopefully you're going to be jacked full of muscle and, and looking the part, but your mobility suffers and your coordination suffers. Mm. And, you know, it, we could assume that, that because of that, your body's going to feel tight, you're going to feel trapped. And then there's whatever all the emotional things and all the, 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 the pain and the niggles that come along with, with trapping yourself in this body. Mm. So you've paid a price to get to that point of specialization. You've gone so far down that road that you've, you've, dived, you've gone too far away from the other roads. And we're not criticizing that if that's what someone's into. However, we don't think it's cool. We're not interested in it for ourselves um, and we're not interested in it for our people. Similarly, if you're just doing the calisthenics or the body weight type of thing, it can be very hard for you to develop certain other physical attributes Mm. like building strong hips, building explosive legs, uh, things that might help you in the fight game, things that might help you on the soccer pitch, things that might just build some some muscle around the glutes and the legs, right? Um, 
So when we talk about this sort of generalization or this, this diversity, we want people that have some skin in all of those games, not just one of the games. Um, and, you know, I think we're all guilty of it, right? We all come from, at some point or another, we've all specialized in a thing and we've felt the negative effects of that for ourselves. Mm. Yeah, and if you end up specializing in the fight game as well and you don't do any, any of the other shit, um, you do fall apart eventually. Yes, you pay. You pay a heavy price. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, it's, it's the combination mm. that makes what we do work. <clears throat> if you take, to take only one of those elements out and focus solely on that, then it wouldn't be uh, Jungle Brothers. Yes, mm. that's right. So let's go into this. Let's go into this uh, evolution piece and how we how we manage to how we manage to ref, like uh, curate all of these things and then continue to evolve it. Because I, I suppose folks can can easily sort of pick up now with the amount of different things we're trying to work on and develop within our gym or within our class programming. It can be it can be tricky to manage that for the person who's only training three times a week. You, yeah, you asked how. Yeah. How do we develop that? With great difficulty. Yes. <laughs> With great difficulty in years of um, ooing, ahhing, getting feedback, refining, changing. Talk to me about this feedback piece. We, we actively seek feedback wherever possible. How do we go about doing that? Uh, within the gym, um, well, we, we build a culture around it first, first of all, and that's you know something that you can't really hold on to. Culture, uh, I think... We have a culture and we have avenues in which people can reach out to us. Um, so that is, you know, we have our emails. We ask people to contact us oh, there. The emails hurt. Um, every single I mean, person in the gym. Feedback we like, fucking hurts. We'll fucking hurts <laughs> Everyone in the gym has our personal phone numbers <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> they can always reach out. You and know. do. No, you're welcome. <laughs> and do. Well. Yeah. No, please do. Don't stop. Don't stop. Seriously. Um, and then, you know, we, they can, we've got a suggestions box, box as well in the gym um, if they want to stay anonymous as well. Um, besides that, we're going and asking them um, whether that's in the class. And I can personally tell you right now, this morning I saw Alex Garnish is lifting and it's like week one of a new phase of lift and I whispered in her ear, how's the program? And I said, I really, I really value her feedback, so I want you to tell me. So I'll go and ask them. And she told me, like, I like this, I like that. And she, and she told me about four likes. And I said, have a think about what you don't like and tell me later. Because, nice. you know, because she, you know, it's me, it's her, and she wants to tell me. She, it's hard for her to yeah. tell me things. So she's going to have a think after uh, next week and tell me what she doesn't like. I think that's a, but, one um, of the biggest uh, <clears throat> hurdles is to have people feeling comfortable enough to give it. Honest, yeah, honest yeah, feedback. yeah, yeah. yeah. Honest feedback uh, because it's not something that you do on a day day to day basis. Uh, not for normal people. No, and we don't only practice it on the floor. We practice it amongst. Uh, well, our in coaches. the office here, we do daily. We do that every <laughs> daily. We do it every Thursday. We have our coaches' development. All of our coaches together get together, and the feed the feedback piece uh, is probably the most intimidating. It's rough, even to this day. Yeah, you never gets d- easy. You get used to it, but it it always hurts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you it hurts will, even giving it. Because we encourage the negative yeah. feedback. We, you know, like it's good to it's good to congratulate people or give credit where credit is due. Yeah. But we also, if we're you know, if we're if we're all in agreement that we're kind of chasing excellence or or trying to be better, then we don't need to spend too much time dwelling on what went well. So we have this thing like, hey, 
you could have done better here, that class you ran last night, mm -hmm. I noticed that X, Y, Z, there it is. And it's like, fuck, you know, you have mm -hmm. to, like, you got to look someone in the eyes and tell them that thing. And then they've got to be like, don't respond emotionally, try to be objective about it. Yeah, thank you for your feedback. I could yeah. have done a better job. Try you know, look cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fucking, it is intimidating. That's yeah, the word and sometimes for it. it's conflicting because you may not even agree with that feedback as being something negative when, because it's all up to interpretation at the end of the day. Yes. So you've got to find that middle ground and then a lot of the times you've got to go home and dwell on it and think about it and then it's, <coughs> is it your ego that's stopping my you from... God. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. There's some, there's some hot discussions up here. It does. Well, it sometimes it often gets, it like, blows the meaning out. Almost a little bit heated. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. really good. It's yeah. healthy, right? And we've had to cultivate it. We we you know like we we do feedback amongst the three of us in our directors meeting on a Monday. Even that though, we we can all acknowledge the tendency to not give harsh feedback. Before you know it, it's like, mm. oh, no, I don't really have anything to say this week. And then it's yeah. like, oh, no, actually, okay, i gotta, I got to think hard about this because it's about to get uncomfortable and it's mm. because of what I'm about to say, but <laughs> I value what's going to come from this, so I'm going to say it. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a tough piece. You touched on T when we get the emails from the members. That always fucking hurts. Man, it hurts so bad. Yeah, well, they've got time to... <laughs> to let it all to out. To dig deep with that <laughs> knife, to really plunge that motherfucker <laughs> in there. <laughs> But it's but it's true and it's so valuable, right? And that's it why is. that's why we welcome yeah. it and we encourage it. But it is because you're usually like on the back end of a 16-hour day and you're, you're doing your best and you're not, you know, you're trying to tick all the boxes and there's too many boxes to tick that week and then you get an email saying, oh, I thought your class was a bit shit last night. Here's why. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wind knocked out of you. Yeah, totally. The, the other <laughs> thing that uh, that's, that's hard keep to balance coming, keep is, is be, being reactive and it's something that we, we pride ourselves on not doing. We're not a reactive business. We're, we're an active business. We like to think that we carve our own path and uh, we, we set our goals and we know what we want, what we want to do. And then we uh, hope that what that is that we, that we coach and our ethos attracts the, the kind of people that we want to the gym. And if you get uh, all this different feedback and you, you co you're constantly trying to please all of them, then you end up with something that nobody really likes. Yes. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fine balance. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, it's important to say that not all feedback is created equal. No. So we take it with a grain of salt. It's like, okay, take that on board. Is that valid? Do we agree with that? Maybe we do, maybe we don't, but, but it's, it, it is a consideration that occurs. Mm. Um, that, that has to, right? Because you, you can't, exactly, you can't just be reactive to everything no. that comes your way. And I think for us, it's a, we're headed in a direction and then we allow that feedback to kind of bump us to help keep us on that path. Yeah. Um, and and it, will, it will alert us to certain things. For example, if we get certain feedback on, hey, I, I didn't find this part of the, the program engaging or whatever it was, or hey, what's going on in Lyft program right now, that also might point to, oh, we didn't put in the work to educate the members on why we've made this change. It doesn't mm, mean the change mm. was bad. It just means maybe we didn't communicate as effectively as we should have. Mm, so it's like, mm. cool, thank you for that. Hey, guys, here's a blog post, here's a video. Let us talk to you about it in class. This is what we're doing and this is why it's important for you. That's so true. Sec but, yeah. Second point on this, and this will, come, this will all come back up again because this is all integrated, uh, the perfect method. So this idea of discovering the perfect training method and working with that. 
Um, <clears throat> I think we all acknowledge that there is no such thing. Talk to me about that. No, I, I would, I'd tend to, to agree. Well, I, having this approach keeps us uh, dynamic and open to, to new styles of training and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, box us into any dogmas. I think it's really important in this day and age with how quickly things are moving, uh, how quickly things change. Well, one, thing's, some, one, one day something's very good for you and then a whole bunch of new science comes out and says, well, actually, you know, we've done these studies and those studies and whatever and all of a sudden what you've been preaching is now obsolete. You have to be able to, to move with that pace and I think... Uh, the fact that we are we are open to change, and we're also open to admitting that, we're, uh, that there's times that we're wrong, uh, and and um, checking the ego to the to to the side is, is very important for the evolution of our of our uh, business uh, and our systems, um, systems development. Yeah, I guess I wanted to make a point somewhere in there. What is it like? I think what keeps us. Uh, keeps us in, on the right path is the fact that we're trying to um, do what is truly best for the individual. And I think um, when we think of all the dogmas and, and all the other training systems out there, um, that like we're doing group training, which means we're, we're running programs for lots of people at different levels. And, um, and as I said before, it's complicated and complex and it's hard. And our coaches, you know, would always finding regressions and meeting people where they're at within the program. It's hard. Um, I think uh, the other uh, modes of training out there are guilty of trying to make it about the coach and the business more. So um, they're trying to simplify programs and fit everyone into a box so it's easier for them to run. They need less coaches maybe, uh, less training required for those coaches and ongoing development for those coaches and I can just cookie cutter this thing and spit it out and make millions of dollars mm. so i think for us and i can do that in 45 minutes you correct mm. or i can have all of my you know hqs doing all the programming which might be very like for us yeah you could you couldn't do that like a program for a group of people you've never no. never met right N that's right and it's different from p people here than it is to if we had a jungle brothers in Queensland or whatever, on the other side of the world. Like, which we will one day. Which we will. Uh, and you will have our parameters and our framework, but we understand that it's not the same programming as here. It has the same philosophy and values over there. But I guess, uh, yeah, what we're trying to do is we're considering the person and the individual first and the well-roundedness of them. And I could replace them with us because we just see it one and the same because we're doing the same stuff. So um, I guess that's... Uh, that keeps us, and it's not to mean like we put the, we put that first. And there was a time, remember years ago when we were sitting there, we knew we wanted to open a gym. We're like, what is this gym? Heaps of hours of whiteboard sessions. What are we going to do for a business? And we decided, are we going to make a gym that, that makes money and we can become big, like rich? Or are we going to create something that we'd be happy to stand by and to work in? Um, and I'm glad we made that decision. It's the harder road, but... I feel a lot happier where we are. Not that we could ever know, but, you know. Yeah, we didn't build it to be able to sell it. No. We built it to be able to stick around forever. And train in it and be proud of it and, and tell our friends. That's right. And pass it, it on and share the message. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> I guess that has kept our programming and our programs in check because we're looking at, you know, the individual 
the person and, you know, the longevity of that person and the development of that person as opposed to letting the business model or the convenience of coaches take the lion's share of how it's all come together. Well, that, that brings us to the third point, which is that what you do in the classes is what we do in our own training. Um, mm. And that's not to say that what we're doing in our own programming is replicated and then given to members. But the themes and the, the things that we're working on are the same. The values are the same. And that's what we're trying to pass on and that's how, that's how we craft this is by exploring and researching ourselves and then integrating that into the classes. Give me mm. a little... Talk to me about that. Well, I think the more, the more tools you have, the more creative you can be. And we're getting to this point now where we've got all this knowledge and we've got a huge knowledge base here in this gym. We've got nine, nine trainers. Uh, all of them have different disciplines. All of them are, are specialists in different areas. Uh, they all have very different, um, uh, their own little ethos and they bring something to the gym. And this, this information that we have uh, in combination comes up with something new. Would you, you agree that if you want to create something, uh, nowadays everything's been done. It's, it's, now it's all about combinations. And we're coming up with combinations that I believe a lot of people aren't doing elsewhere. You know, maybe somewhere out there it's getting done, but as far as I know, I, I don't know of another gym like ours. And I hear this every time someone walks through the door. Ah, oh, I've never seen a place like this. I've never trained in a place like this. Um, I've been looking for somewhere like this. doesn't exist. It's usually when they leave too. They're like, oh, I've got to move overseas. And they're like, I cannot find anywhere no. that is like what you guys have. Yeah, it's unique. What was the question? The idea that what, that what, we, that what we do in our own training <laughs> is what people are doing in classes. Yeah, so we're, 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 we're constantly um, experimenting trying new new ways of of getting more out of our own our, tra our own training and get and making a, a progress in certain areas and focusing on new disciplines i mean for now at the moment i'm playing around with aerial straps and fucking around down there like a like a gumby but sooner or later <laughs> i'll get good at that and that will filter its way down into into our programming hopefully if it yes. if it becomes something if it doesn't then we disregard it and um and we pass it on but it also allows you to connect with the people that are doing the training that you're training because you know what they're going through. You know the hardship. You understand the fact uh, that um, the, their energy system development is, is hurting a certain way. You're, you're excited when they tick a milestone because you've ticked that milestone before in the past or even better, which is happening now, uh, that there's people doing things in this gym that, that I'm not capable of doing. So I'm watching some of these... So, some of this next wave, this next evolution coming through. And I'm like, well, the system has outgrown me and it is now catering to an, to an athlete that, that has more tools than me, more potential and... Uh, more youth. Yes. And it's, it, that's, I think, is really exciting. There's a, um, there's an, an, you know, I guess, because that, you know, that sounds kind of logical to people that, oh, yeah, they do what you do. But, um, and I'm, I'm going to make a massive call out here, but fuck it. Um, if you take uh, F45, which is a, a really successful large uh, chain of group training studios, 
Um, franchise. Franchise. It, it's very much, it's a, it's a complete opposite model to ours. It's, it was built to make money and it was built to sell and it was built for growth. And ours is basically the opposite of that. Um, the Built for broke. But yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> broke but stoked. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> pride's a motherfucker, huh? But um, the, we've had people that own F45 Studios come and train with us. And I've gone and trained at an F45 studio, and this is a few years ago, and I'll be honest, what we did in that class was complete dog shit. And the owner of the gym said to me, um, oh, mate, the, the owner of the gym followed me around during the whole session because he wanted to talk to me because he, he basically hadn't had anyone that was actually fit come to the place for a long time. So he, he just was stoked to have, like, another bro in there. Um, but he was, like, telling me, yeah, all the exercises are real simple and real easy just so we don't have to coach much. Uh, we can just get them moving and the injury risk is low. And there's a part of me, the, the diplomatic side, that is like, well, that's fair enough. That is a service. That is a product. Um, and good for you guys. You're, you're doing a thing. It's different to what we do. It brings other options to the market. And that then means that people have a choice. But if I, if I think about how I really feel about that idea, uh, I think, fuck you, man. You're a scumbag. Because you're selling dog shit mm. and it's a, it's a lie and you don't follow your own training methodology. So you are, it's like you're, you're eating fucking paleo all week, but then you're selling fucking donuts and cheeseburgers to people telling them that's going to make them healthy. It's, it's so black and white that you have no passion for this thing. Um, and it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that we don't venture out to train in other places. We seek inspiration from where we can and then we integrate it. But there's no integration or evolution of that product. It just is what it is and it doesn't change. Uh, and I think, I think personally that's fucked. Um, <laughs> but, but obviously, you know, people, whatever, have that choice. And if you like the class and you like the music they play and whatever and it works for you, then it's great, right? Um, but I think that's a really important thing for us is that, like, we never want to sell people something that we don't believe in ourselves mm. because we would feel dishonest about it. Well, it's, it's in our industry, you are, you are the brand. Like as a coach, you stand up there in front of people and you deliver your, uh, a program or, or an ethos and what you have physically is showcasing the, the qualities of your, of your program, of your training methodology. So when you do that and you're promoting something that you don't use... It's a fucking lie. You stand there with this physique that you've built using another training methodology that has nothing to do with the one that you're coaching and you're subliminally telling people that what they're doing is going to get you, get them the same as what you've got. Yes. It's a fucking lie. That's what it is. And that, I, I totally agree. It's fucking disgusting, to be honest. I'll tell you what, man. I was Mark Wahlberg's biggest fucking fan forever. And then he became a big shareholder in F45. And now he's like, he does a workout once a fortnight or whatever and posts it up on his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you, Wahlberg. I used to love you, man. Now I think you're a piece of shit. <coughs> you used Still to idolise him. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I always said if I had to hook up with a dude, it'd be him. <laughs> Is that too far? <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore, my friends. That spot is now available. <laughs> Um, let's, let's kick on to our next piece, uh, oh. infinite sources of inspiration. Yeah. 
So oh. um, by nature of, of how we do it, we have the option to be inspired by whoever and whatever. Um, talk to me about that. Mm. Oh, there's inspo everywhere, isn't there? All there's over Instagram. Well, there is. I, I tell you personally, I, I, you know, for a long, I can, if I look at my own journey, I was inspired for a long while. Um, I got into the kettlebell kind of, uh, kettlebell and calisthenics thing, and I was really inspired by that. And I was like, fuck, this is cool. Got to do more of this. This is the thing. And it ties back into that point of like, maybe I thought I'd found the perfect method. Um, but then somewhere along the way after that, I got into, I found CrossFit. Someone introduced me to CrossFit and I'm like, man, CrossFit's the thing. Fuck, this is awesome. I'm so inspired by this. I've got to be snatching more and doing heaps of burpees. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then jujitsu, I came back to that. I'm like, oh no, it's not CrossFit. It's jujitsu now. And that was the thing. And, and then Ido Portal and Emmett Lewis and all these, um, you know, amazing, um, training experiences I've had and, and journeys that I've been on, um, have inspired me very in a very strong way for a particular period of time. And then, you know, as that evolution goes on, I now look back and I have, fuck, hundreds of sources of inspiration that I can draw upon when I'm trying to curate a different thing, mm. right? And that's, that's creativity. You've got the tools and then you combine them and then you come up with something new, which is, yeah, it's exciting. It is. I love it. And I, I've, I've had the same experience as myself, trying different disciplines, applying them, disregarding a bunch of shit in them as well because there's always stuff in there where you're like, you know what, that shit doesn't work yes. for me personally. Yes. And then or, or it might work for you and then you apply it to a smaller group and you're like, it doesn't work for that. But it really is a, a trial and error process and assimilate the stuff that works and get rid of the stuff that doesn't and then at the end you have all this cream. And that's Jungle Brothers strength and movement. The goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Last piece then, we come to this idea of a constantly evolving program. So all of those things we've mentioned uh, kind of make a bit of sense, but then how does that actually translate into the day-to-day -day of what we program in our classes? Um, and I was trying to think about that and, I, and I, I, I thought, well, there's a really simple process that we go through which happens constantly. It's, it's, it's happening perpetually. Um, we, we go and find new shit, we research, find something that we like, practice it, train with it, yeah, this is cool, maybe that piece there is not great, but these parts are good. Um, then we integrate that into our classes, then we observe the results, and then we make further refinements. Talk to me about that. Paul. Um, yeah. I'm, you've been I'm, doing, you've been doing this with the lift program. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I play, play around with things myself um, and then pop it into the class. I was thinking more about the fight stuff um, just now as I was staring blankly out the window, um, listening to you. Uh, yeah, I'm training somewhere else at the moment. Um, it's a pretty cool experience, um, learning some new things from them and seeing what's relevant to our people here. It's really cool. I'm thankful um, that I, I can go and have the, those experiences at that gym. Um, what was the question? <laughs> this idea of how we actually evolve the program on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the in the fight game, then um, it's it's variety, and it's it's also it's not just the movements, but I I would say um, a big part of it is going to other gyms and seeing other coaches, getting advice from other people is how you can get the message across to other people. That's one thing that I found going to other places can can help evolve so say it's the same program 
but it evolves in the sense that we deliver it in a different way. So the end goal is still the same, but we might, uh, we might program it differently. So different progressions to the end goal, or it could be a way of just providing more information and better context for people so they can understand it better. Mm. Yes. I'll give you an example of how your programming fits this mold uh, with the lift program because, yeah. and this goes back to thinking that sometimes when we're in the process, it's hard to see what we're actually doing. Yeah. Um, but I would say we, our lift program was very influenced by a coach, an Olympic, a great uh, Olympic weight lifter and Olympic weightlifting coach, Yazzie Carter, who was working with us last year. And she took over the lift program and it obviously became very technical and very Olympic lifting focused. And under her guidance um, and her running the, the lion's share of the classes, it was, it was executed very well. And there was a bit of friction about it because a lot of people found it too technical. But after a long enough time period, you know, a few months of it, people could see the benefit in it. Uh, she then moved on, was no longer working here. We tried to continue with that same level of technicality. Now, we noticed two things. We noticed, one, we're not as good at coaching that and we're not as good at programming that. But two, the, the, the general feedback that we're getting, and we're getting this in emails, Facebook messages, conversations in the gym. Surveys. Was that members aren't finding it quite as fun as it used to be. So there was this honeymoon period where they were like, oh, this new shit's cool and I'm getting some benefit from it. But then after sort of six months of really technical work and almost taking away some of the heavy strength stuff that they had come to know and love, um, people were like not coming to the class as much, right? It's another piece of feedback, like the numbers in attendance. So we're like, okay, let's swing back in the other direction a little bit. So then Paulie takes the program over, goes, cool, guys, we're going to go into a bit of a powerlifting cycle. Mm. People are re-engaged. They start to get strong again. The movements become more simple. The numbers start coming back to class. Uh, we ran that for, I don't know, it's been like a good probably six to eight months of that. Mm. With a small amount of focus on the Olympic mm. lifts. With a collaboration with uh, Jared, our ART specialist, slash powerlifting extraordinaire. Exactly. Mm. And so then now you've just, we've started a new cycle this week. And based on those conversations, based on that feedback, it has shifted again. And, and you started to weave a little bit more of the technical stuff in. So what's happening there is that we are, we're, we're integrating the material that's, that is in our, that we're exposed to. And we're, we're running it using the gym as a laboratory. And then we're observing the results and we're observing the feedback and we're taking that on board. And then we're refining it. And that process is like a, a man licking his own bum or a snake eating its tail. It never ends, right? So it just keeps on going. And so now it's going to be another process what? of integration. You ever seen that little picture that I draw? I'll no. post it in the show notes. Is this like I'll that sh- robot, Dave? No, this okay. is, no, this is from Pat <laughs> at high school. <laughs> but the point is, is that it's, it's continual and it, and it just keeps going. And so now it comes back to more integration, observing the results, refining it again. Mm. It's exactly what we've done with body weight, where it went from, from jungle gymnastics, then it was movement prep, then it was bringing them together and now yeah. it's body weight. But it's not like it stops there. No. There's a, there's a lot of coaches out there that would disagree with that, that approach. They'd be like, wow, no, you've got you to stick to your guns and keep it the same the whole time because that's where the results are. But at the end of the day, if nobody's turning up to your class, then you've got no one to fucking coach. And if you can't keep people stimulated with a little bit of variety, then people just aren't going to come in. You know, not everyone wants to be a fucking powerlifter. Not everyone wants to be... Uh, a national Olympic lifting champion. Mm. Uh, and if it's mm. accessory work, that 
that variability in there, that that variety, I believe is is uh, very important. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's not like we throw it out and no. start again with something new. Okay, we, we take we take the information on board, and we we still we hold true to our values, yeah. and we the themes are there. But okay, let's let's change slightly the execution so that it can kind of appease both parties. Mm. We're still getting what what we know people need. Uh, but they're getting a little bit more of what they want and that the path continues. Yeah, I call it hiding the vegetables in the bolognese sauce. I like that. You know I've I mean? used that one before. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you always come back to that. And it's true. Um, I, I think it's, we tried to, in the beginning, create like, uh, I think after our first year of programming for strength and movement, I was like, oh, cool. I've programmed a year. We can just run that program again next year. And somewhere in the back of my mind, every time I write a training cycle, I'm like, we'll just reuse that again next year. Like next year, this programming job's going to get so much easier for me. But you change, you learn new yeah, things, you right. take new perspectives. You, you can pretty much never recycle a cycle. No. And the tribe changes as well. New information. No. People are also getting fitter and stronger and more capable in this gym now that the numbers are getting bigger. But we've getting, some of our members have been here for five, five years. years. Yeah, yeah they've, they've changed a lot. So yeah. we have to continue to keep challenging them coming up with with new new stuff and we're moving into areas that we haven't really delved into before with a lot of our training so yeah it's exciting it is fellas we're going to wrap it up there unless you got something you want to add to that piece a little something no, no. um maybe uh paulie you got any new little ventures going on at the moment that you would like to mention bro or is that still under wraps um i'm having a baby is that the one you're alluding to I've no, another, another kid. Your new business, bro. Um, yeah, well, yeah, the new business is third baby in January. Very cool. Um, just in case you didn't know, fans. Um, shout out to wifey. Uh, but yeah, no, I am starting a new business. Uh, uh, the PT photographer, PT underscore photographer with an F. That's my Instagram handle. It's fresh. It's really fresh. Um, I'm basically taking portraits and uh, social media or media images for, for personal trainers and coaches um, that are out there in the Sydney area. Um, I'm combining uh, my 15, 17 years in the film industry, taking photos. Um, lifetime of being a Lifetime of being, yeah, and, 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 and working with different people, different locations, uh, different scenarios and pairing that with you know what I'm doing now uh, which is yeah coaching meeting people so um, I'm just niching to personal trainers and I think I have a, a a good perspective on on that being one myself being a business owner um, and being able to bring um, a, a, a bit more of a, a business analysis kind of uh, look at how you want to perceive your images so uh, I don't just take people out and just take photos looking cool it's like let's sit down and talk about what, from a marketing perspective, what you want to be putting out there um, based on what you want to get back. So uh, it's pretty fresh. Um, got my first shoots coming up. I'll be putting some more stuff out there in the coming weeks and months. So if you're a trainer or a coach and you feel like you aren't really putting your, your best foot forward in terms of how, you, um, how you're putting your information out there, um, and then let's face it, everyone's... It's boiled down to, to, to images these days. 
you can write the Instagram. coolest blog. Instagram, Instagram for sure. Um, if your Instagram looks like dog shit and you're yeah, just using... you still don't know how to take photos. Yeah, and you're just using your camera phone or maybe you're writing blog posts. Like it, no one will click on that blog post if there's not a great image and that's just, that's just the truth of it. Um, so if you don't think you're putting your best foot forward there, come at me. Um, more to come. So nice. PT underscore F... Photographer. Oh, yeah, exactly. Nice. And that's the Instagram. You can DM me there for now. I'll have a little website up soon. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Sick, man. Have awesome. Any ventures for you, T? I think you've got one, one last one to, to talk about, the, our internship. Oh, yeah. We've got the Jungle Brothers internship that starts next week, actually. And this is not the first one we've run, but it's the first one in a couple of years. And I'm super excited about it. We have five... Uh, five coaches there's two yeah everyone there is is in the process of being already a coach or in the process of becoming a coach um, who want to learn from us and have an immersive Jungle Brothers experience they're going to get exposure to all of our training methodologies how we do our programming how we do our marketing how we do sales with people how we lead a tribe what we think is important um, and just all of the day-to-day aspects of, of our business uh, I'm super excited about that. We are going to be running the, that one's full, but we are going to be running the next one early next year. The date is not yet booked in, but if there's anyone out there who does want to hang with us and absorb what we have to teach, and, and we're pretty confident that we have like a fuckload of information to pass on to young coaches, and that could potentially be the difference between creating something you love and feel passionate about, or just creating something that is what's there available to you and you take it because it's all that's on offer. Um, if you're interested, Get in touch with us, um, junglebrothers.com or at junglebrothersmovement on Instagram and you'll, you'll meet me there and I'll, uh, I'll be able to have a chat with you about it. But yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you like this episode or if you found something in the episode that is helpful to you or you believe would be helpful to somebody else, please just share it with them. Um, there's a lot of stuff we're putting out and if there's someone that, that would get some gains from it, send them the link and tell them to have a listen. And please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you listen. Thanks, fam. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.